Well, good morning, everyone. So great to be here with you today, being able to celebrate Jesus in this season. Again, I want you to know above all else that God is with you, that God is for you, and that he has great, great things in store for you. Well, today we are <clears throat> concluding our series, <clears throat> excuse me, called Overcomer. And today we are going to talk about how do you overcome defeat? How do you overcome defeat? I know I've shared with you many times that I'm a person who likes to win. I like to win. Whatever I do, I give it my best. I don't like losing. I don't always take anything kindly. You know, I plan to win whether it's at Monopoly, uh, golf, lawn darts, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I, I, my wife and I will leave the church here in two different cars. We'll take two different ways. It's going to be who can get home first. I mean, that's just kind of how I roll, how we roll. Is there anybody else that's kind of like that? That's how you're wired. You, you kind of do things. If you're honest, that's the way that you, you're kind of a take-no-prisoners kind of person. Now, I don't, I don't believe in winning at all costs. I want you to know that. I know there's people that are like that. I don't believe in intimidating my friends or my opponents, or I don't subscribe to cheating, at least not bit lots. No, I'm just kidding. I don't believe in bullying people. I believe in everything that we do, and, I, and this is truth here. I know I'm joking about this first part, but in truth, I believe that everything we do, we should give our best and expect the best. Can I hear an amen to that? I believe that, that we should give our best at whatever we do. Now, when I was in grade school, I discovered that I had a gift, and it was the ability to run long distances quicker than most people. Now, this started off as an accident. This wasn't something that I just kind of, you know, knew right away. But it started as an accident because I would be playing after school. Now, I was like seven or eight years old. I'd be playing and with my friends on the playground, having a great time. And all of a sudden, I'd realize the bus that I was supposed to be on was leaving. You know, I'd see the lights taken off. Have you ever been in that moment where you're like, "Uh uh-oh. And I knew this, that that if I... didn't, wasn't at the bus stop when the bus arrived, I was going to be in trouble. I was going to be in serious trouble. So I would begin to run, which was two miles to my house. I would just try to run. And, and I got really good at this where I actually could beat the bus back to the bus stop so that nobody would ever know that I was at school with my friends, hanging out, having fun, having a good time. Well, I, I, I began to, to realize, well, if I played a little bit longer as I got better at running. I could still, I'd get faster moments, and then I could run and, and, and beat the bus home. Well, I became so good at it that, um, that when I was in grade three, they began to offer these, what they called run for funds around, we, we had a lake in my town that had sections that were about a mile each or a kilometer and a half and so the after school, you'd be able to run. Well, I ended up, you know, as I was on my way home, noticing that this was going on. And I ended up running the race and winning it by like two minutes. I was like, oh, I think I might be good at this. And I found out as I was growing, as I got older, that I could beat most people, regardless of their age, by large margins. So when I was in grade six, I began running high school races and beating some of the best runners in the state of Washington. In fact, in junior high and high school, if I ran a race, I rarely lost it. I, 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 and it didn't matter how much I trained or I didn't train. If I ran, I expected to win. Well, as 
things began to wind down for me in high school, I ended up running my last race, which occurred in Surrey, British Columbia. I was up, actually up in Canada, even though I lived in the States. And the unexpected happened. The unexpected for me happened during this, this event. First, the night before the race, and you got to understand, out in Vancouver, they don't always get a lot of snow. Who's from BC? You know, that's, that's not their typical thing. Well, it snowed the night before. So the course, with all of its normal paths, all of its normal reference points, were all covered in white. It was not a familiar place, even for the people that were from there. Well, the race started, I did what I normally did. I took the lead, and I began to distance myself from the pack. As the race continued, I was so far ahead that the spotters, who are supposed to be at certain points on the course where you can go this way or that way, hadn't got to their spots yet. And so as I was running, I ended up running past one of the turns that I needed to make. And it wasn't until I was about a half a kilometer, 500 meters past it, the spotter showed up and started yelling, Hey! Hey! And I, I stopped, I slipped on the snow, fell down, got up and realized I'd missed my turn. And so I had to run back. And by the time I got back, about 20 runners had passed me. Well, I began running as, running as fast as I could go. And as I was heading back to the course, eventually I ended up passing everybody again. But just I was just a little bit ahead as we entered the last hundred meters of the race. Well, I was known for always having a, a good sprinter's kick at the end. And as I went to go, I was out of gas. I didn't have anything left. And two of my classmates, two of my teammates ended up beating me. I had lost. It was unbelievable for me to go. I had lost this race. I had, this race, I had unexpectedly been defeated. Have you ever faced unexpected loss or failure in your own life? Something that surprised you, something that you just could not have anticipated? Have you, ever, have you ever had something happen to you that you just didn't see was coming? Maybe being fired from a job that when you thought you were doing great, in fact, you maybe were expecting to get a raise and you got the other news. Maybe a spouse or friend, a relationship that you had where somebody just unexpectedly rejected you. How about failing an exam that you thought you would ace or you thought you were going to do really good on it? And you, you, we deal with these things all the time. Or for me, even here, getting hit from behind by a moving vehicle and having a concussion for two months. I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't expecting it. And it can feel like a punch in the stomach, can it? When all of a sudden you are facing challenges or even defeat. You know, sometimes in life, though, there are things that we, maybe we have a little bit more control over that happen to us that we're not proud of. Maybe we struggle to get past a mistake that we made. We said something we shouldn't. We reacted to something the way that we know that we probably shouldn't do that. When we replay the loss over and over again in our minds, as human beings, we can be so good at just replaying the mistake, the loss, the, the, the event, and we begin to just replay it and we relive it because we're not sure what happened. And it can be very difficult to overcome those feelings of defeat. But I want to say this today to everybody who can hear my voice, and this comes from God Almighty, that you are a winner. 
that you are an overcomer. And I'm going to share with you today how you can understand that regardless of where you are sitting today, you are an overcomer, and that God's plan for you today is to help you learn how to overcome when you have those setbacks, that when you face defeat, that God is here to help you. You see, during this challenging year when everything has been turned upside down, I believe many of us are feeling defeated, but I'm here to tell you today that God in heaven wants to help you, that God is here for you. God wants to give you hope and encourage your faith. So as we begin today, we're going to look again at the book of Joshua, which has been our theme uh, book here, our scripture. We've been looking at the life of Joshua when it talks about being an overcomer. And we know this about Joshua. Joshua was the second leader of Israel, taking over from Moses, the, the mighty Moses who, who wrote the first five chapters of the Bible, who gave us the Ten Commandments that most of us know. He, he wrote those by the Spirit of God. He met with God face to face, and yet here was Joshua taking the Israelites into the promised land. And here's what God had told Joshua. Here's what he had promised him in Joshua chapter 1. He said that every place that you put your foot, I'm giving it to you. I am going to give this to you. So as we will see, though, Joshua was in a situation today where he faced unexpected defeat. Do you know sometimes in the Bible, the people that we study, they also faced unexpected defeat. And here's what happened in Joshua chapter 7, starting in verse 2. It says, Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho <clears throat> to spy out the town of Ai. You can say it, A-I, that's two letters. East of Bethel, near Beth Haven. When they returned, they told Joshua, listen to this, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two or three thousand men to attack A. Since there are so few of them, don't make all our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent. But listen to this, but they were soundly defeated. The men of A chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with, with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. I just want to pray here today before I dive into this. Father, would you just give us your understanding today? Would you open our hearts to receive, our eyes to see, our ears to hear? Father God, everything that you have for us today, Lord, that we would learn your principles of your word and that we would be free to do what you've called us to be, do in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> now, I know in a battle, losing 36 people doesn't seem like a lot. But here's the perspective that you have to understand. Israel had just defeated Jericho. They had just been at the, the, the walls of Jericho. Now, Jericho was a, 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 a massive city compared to A. It was huge. It was, had imposing walls, as we talked about last week, that were so thick. It had giants that, were, that were dwelled in the city. And yet, just days before, they had defeated Jericho by a miracle. They had marched around the city for seven days. The walls came down. God had done a miracle. And so they were probably feeling really incredibly encouraged. They were probably on a high where they're just like, nothing can stop us. Nothing's going to defeat us. You know, here we go. And, and so they looked at A, this little outpost. 
It was like a little village compared to the mighty city of Jericho. In fact, the word A means heap of ruins, is what the name actually means. So they felt like they were going to get it. And so Joshua and his army, I believe, this thought that the battle would be easy. And because they thought it would be easy, they became sloppy and made some mistakes. Have you ever been in that situation where you kind of thought, oh man, I've got this, and maybe you don't study like you should have for a test, or you, you just kind of get careless about what you're doing? Well, that's what happened here. See, there are a few mistakes right off the top that they made. First of all, they decided to st- send only 3,000 warriors to fight the battle. Well, why is that? I mean, it's a small outpost. What, what, what does that represent, Pastor Todd? I believe this. They didn't fully commit to win the battle. They weren't all in on what they were supposed to do. They kind of took this, well, we can kind of give it, uh, you know, just less than our best. We can, we can, we can kind of take it easy here. And so they gave a minimal amount of effort to win the battle. Isn't that true that we get into trouble when we're not fully committed to things? That when we don't fully give ourselves to stuff, you see, it's easy in life to sometimes look at situations and circumstances and go, you know what, that's just not that big of a deal. I, I just don't have to put in the, the effort or things are going good in our life. Maybe we've been praying and seeking God and all of a sudden we're doing good and we're just kind of like, you know what, I don't really need to put in as much effort here for prayer and we don't commit to it. Well, they got in trouble. They were defeated. Secondly, when you dig into this, when you look at the other battles and things that they fought, you don't see one mention of them seeking the Lord for wisdom. They didn't ask God what he wanted them to do. They had their own ideas and their own thoughts. You see, I believe this. When we don't seek God for wisdom in prayer, it allows us to live in a place of pride. You see, listen to this. Prayer says to God, I need your help and your direction in my life. Listen to this. A prayerless person will be a defeated person. One of the most prideful things that we can do as human beings is say, well, I don't need to pray about this. You see, I can't emphasize how important prayer is. And I'm not saying this just so that we say, well, I have to do this for God to love me, or I have to pray more for God to accept me. No, it's because we need God to help us. We need God to strengthen us. We need God to speak to us. Dutch Sheets said this, one of the sad states that's in the church today is that the least attended meeting in the church each week is the prayer meeting. People just, it's, we're busy, we got things going on. But I'm here to tell you that prayer is so important, and it was one of the reasons that Israel was defeated in this battle. They didn't seek God. They, weren't, they didn't go to him in prayer. Well, what can defeat teach us? Is it, is it always bad when we, we, we face defeat? Well, it's not fun, but there are lessons that we can learn. We, first of all, we can learn the power of humility. To understand the pain that other people experience and go through. that we, we need to continually be humble. That we need to continually not get so caught up in our own ability and our own strength. Defeat can teach you that. Secondly, it teaches us to depend on God. Formulas and methods are not as important as seeking God and depending on Jesus. When we're in trouble or we don't understand life situations... 
We tend to lean into God more. Sometimes God allows us to go through defeat because we have to kind of go back and say to him, God, I need your help. But it also causes us to examine our hearts. Is there something in our lives that's not pleasing to God? Is there something we're overlooking that is important? I know the, that a couple months ago, my fridge, I have a water spout on it, and it wasn't working. And we were frustrated. We were about ready to call the, fr- the, 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 the fridge repair people to come to our house because, man, this was practically a fridge that's only a year and a half old. It, things should be working. It should be good. And and it wouldn't work. And, and so we began to look around to figure out what was going on. And you know what we discovered? The water wasn't turned on. The water wasn't turned on. How fool, how, how would that appointment been? The repair guy goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to look at this. Okay, see this valve over here? You just turn it like that. Wow, it's a miracle. It works. Why, why, why is this important? Sometimes we don't see things. We, here, here's what I want to say. We need to look out also for hidden sin in our life or things that, we're, that we should deal with. See, here's the problem with sin. Not only did they underestimate the enemy, not only did they not seek God, but there was hidden sin in their camp, as I'm going to share with you, because I didn't read Joshua 7 verse 1, because here's what it said in Joshua 7 verse 1, that, but Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. Achan was the son of Carmi, a descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah. We'll say that five times really fast. Here's what we have to understand. Well, what happened here? Achan had, in the battle of Jericho, God had commanded the Israelites They were not to take any of the plunder for themselves, not in that battle. They were to leave it as a dedication to the Lord. And so they weren't to take anything. But of course, he saw that there were some really good things. There was some gold and silver and some nice clothes. And so he he grabbed them and he hid them under his tent. I want to say this about sin, because we don't talk a a lot about this in in church as much anymore. And God's been challenging me about this. That a little sin can cause big defeat. A little hidden sin can cause big defeat. We need to to make sure that we in our lives don't minimize the impact of sin. Much of church culture today makes excuses for bad and ungodly behavior. And here's the problem with it. It produces pain, leads to weakness in our lives, and people who live without power. You see, I believe God's called us to be people who walk in his power, who walk in his authority, who are able to actually go into places and see change happen. But in order to do that, we got to make sure that there's not hidden sin in our life. And I want you to understand there's a difference between hidden sin and that we make mistakes. We are human beings and we are professional mistake makers. <laughs> it happens. And, and so I want you to understand that, that that's not what the issue is here. But so many times the issue is that when God begins to show us different things, we, 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 we begin to look at and say, you know, well, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Or here's the even more blame other people or situations for it. Well, the reason this isn't going bad, good and my, my marriage isn't going bad, it's because of my wife. 
or my husband or my kids are not doing what they're supposed to do or my boss or my coworker. Blame shifting is part of the original sin package. It's what Adam and Eve did in the beginning. But here's the problem. It always produces long-term defeat. I, 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 here's something I want to tell you. If you don't want to grow, keep blaming other people. <laughs> Unless we take responsibility in our lives, nothing can move forward, or we become stuck in the place of defeat. One of the greatest lessons I've learned when facing defeat is that we've got to learn how to face the challenges. The way to overcome issues is not to avoid them, but to face the issue head on going through it. In fact, I say this when I coach basketball and I'm teaching kids how to play, one of the things that you notice when they're, as somebody's new at playing basketball, they'll dribble the ball, somebody will come to guard them, and then what do they do? They, I don't want anybody to take the ball. So they turn their back to the defender. But the way that you overcome, the way that you become a player, is you learn to face the pressure and you learn how to move through it and around it. You see, you can't be successful. It's hard to score baskets when you're dribbling here. <laughs> Your percentages aren't going to be very good. You have to face the pressure. You have to go through the pressure. You see, I believe this, that we have to understand what the pressure is. Okay, so here we go. How do we then... How do we, we then go forward in what we're called to do? How do we begin to overcome defeat? How do we overcome defeat? Well, the first thing that we have to do, and my notes got a little twisted up here. I'm going to make sure I got this. We first of all, as I say, we have to face the, the challenges. We have to face them. That's our first thing here today. We've got to face them. The way to overcome issues is not to avoid them, but to face them head on. Secondly, if we want to overcome defeat, we've got to learn whatever the lesson is. What is God wanting to show us in this season? What is God wanting to show us through this situation? One of the ways that we overcome defeat is by learning what we can learn from the situation whether it was why we lost the game or we lost our cool. Whether just, there, there's always something that God wants to reveal to us. Have you ever noticed that? No matter what you are going through in life, because of how good God is, there are things that he wants to reveal to you. Our job is to take time to listen and learn. You see, challenges and defeat were never intended to hinder you from moving forward, but to be part of your growth process. John Maxwell a great pastor, leader, and author calls the growth process failing forward. That really when we see mistakes in our life, as we're going through things, the idea is that we have to understand that as we make mistakes that we fail forward. Listen to what he says. Embrace adversity and make failure a regular part of your life. I don't think too many people are going to be amening that. If you're not failing, you're probably not really moving forward. You see, there's a risk to living life. Here's, here's also another thing that he said. The more you do, the more you fail. The more you fail, the more you learn. The more you learn, listen to this, the better you get. 
You see, this is not to keep you in a place where you're stuck, where you're holding on to it, but it's to say, God, help me. What do you want to show me so that I can move into what God's called me to do? Mistakes should not stop you, but propel you to new levels. Learn what needs to be learned so that you don't repeat the same mistakes. Here's the third thing when it comes to overcoming defeat that I think is probably one of the most critical things and probably my main point today. You've got to rise again. You know, it's sad that we had to miss Stampede this year. Usually I go to the chuck wagon races, the grandstand show. Who, who, who here, that's part of your yearly routine. You, you, you do that. That's what you do. It's always good fun. But a few years ago, I decided to try the rodeo, realizing that those are some tough hombres, that, especially the bull riders. Those guys are tough dudes. You see, see, I believe this. You have to be crazy to be 160 to 180 pounds to ride a 2,000-pound animal that wants to destroy you. I think there's something, maybe there's, there's a, a, a gear missing that's here to, but, but, but people do that. And the object is simple. I mean, listen to this. You just have to stay on the bull for eight seconds without it killing you. I mean, how, that, that can't, we're talking eight seconds. It can't be that hard. Now, as I watched the event, half the field got bucked off and some even got trampled by the bull. But what I learned is that good cowboys don't stay down, but get up and they ride again the next day. You see, one of the keys to overcoming defeat is the ability to get up. Listen to what Joshua, what the Lord said to Joshua. But the Lord said to Joshua after they'd lost it, listen to what he says, get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They've stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. And they've not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. What did God say? The Lord said to Joshua, get up. Stop lying down. Quit sulking. Quit languishing in your defeat. You need to get up. He said, don't allow your mistake or the of Achan to keep you down. Get up and deal with the situation. Move forward. Or in rodeo terms, cowboy up. What makes for a successful cowboy is their ability to get knocked down. It's not that they get knocked down, but it's that they get up again. One of the greatest powers that we have as people is this ability that no matter what happens in our life, we get up. In Proverbs 24, verse 6, the writer makes this statement. For though the righteous, listen to this, fall seven times, they rise again. They get up. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. The New Living Translation says the wicked are able to get up. This is amazing. Listen to this, guys. This is so important. This is what's just been jumped off the pages at me. The Bible says that one of the greatest difference between those who are considered righteous and those who are not is their ability to rise again. Did you hear it's not about whether you are perfect. It's not about whether you are always on point all the time. It's not about whether you do things and nothing bad ever happens to you. What the Bible says that somehow that the righteous are people that rise again. They get up again. 
Seven times represents completion. It's a full number. Or really, it's saying, we can't measure this. We don't want to keep counting about it. It's just that you keep getting up over and over and over again. I don't know if you've ever fought with somebody or wrestled with somebody that just will not quit, and they just keep getting up, and they keep getting up, and they keep getting up, and sometimes it just wears you out. What wears you out is they just keep getting up again. So for those who are feeling defeated and discouraged here today, I want to encourage you to to get up. Lift up your head. Look to God. He's here to help you. He's here with you. You cannot keep a good man down or a good woman down. When it came to the cross and Jesus was hanging on the cross as we celebrated communion today, the devil thought he had defeated Jesus. He was giddy that he'd somehow eliminated his only rival, the only thing keeping him from being able to control the world. But he was wrong. While Jesus was in the grave, he was destroying the works of darkness, and he had another surprise. Three days later, what did he do? He rose again. He got up. God has his resurrection power. Here today, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead will raise you up today. We need to tap into the resurrection power of Jesus. Here's my last thing, and Catherine, you can come up here. How do we overcome? We face our challenges. We learn the lessons that God wants to give to us. We give, we get up, but also we thank God for everything. Thanksgiving is a weapon against defeat. Thanksgiving helps us focus on the greatness of God instead of the disappointment of defeat. It is difficult to stay down when your focus is up on him. I want you today to thank God for the challenges that you face in your life. I'm, I'm telling you as I'm sitting here today, I am not happy about what we're having to deal with when it comes to COVID-19 and all the stuff with it. But I'm here to tell you, I thank God because we're going to overcome this stuff. We are the church of God. We are the followers of Jesus Christ. This is not meant to stop us. It's not meant to keep us from where we're going. We still have a purpose in God, and it's bigger than all of this stuff. It's to see people's lives change and transform, for people to be healed and set free. The promises and purposes of God haven't changed here. So thank him. Why? Because what you learned and you will continue to learn. Thank him for that. Thank him because those challenges draw you closer to God. It keeps you in a place of humility and allows you to relate to the suffering of Christ. But I say today, thank him above all else because you are an overcomer. I'm here with overcomers today. Philippians 4 6 and 7 says, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I'm going to close with this story here. You know, it's one thing facing your own defeat. It's another thing seeing one of your children face their own defeat. A couple years ago, my son tried out for a travel team with the league that he's a part of. They make 
a strong team. They take the six teams that are in his division and they form one team to go play against other states and provinces. I thought he should make it as he had the second highest battering average in the league. My my son thought he deserved to make it. However, when the team was listed, his name was not included on the list. He was hurt and a bit angry. And when he got home, he went to his room for about an hour. There might have been some pillows that were thrown for a few seconds. But he did some soul searching. And when he came out of his room, he surprised both Jan and I with his perspective as well as maturity. And here's what he said. He shared that his future was much bigger than making that team that the ultimate plan for him was to go and play in college and that his goal had not changed. He shared that he had prayed and that if it was God's desire, he would make the team. And if not, then God had better plans for him that summer. And furthermore, he said tomorrow, he'd get back to work at what the original goal was towards the bigger goals. Well, what ended up happening was actually a week later, he was invited to be on the team. But he was okay if he wasn't. You see, defeat isn't meant to keep us down. It's, it's part of our life process. And if we use it the right way, it can fuel us to go deeper and farther into what God has for us. You may face defeat, but if you're an overcomer, you will never be defeated. You will never be defeated. Why? Because you're an overcomer here. I want to pray today. Some of you are here. Maybe you are feeling defeated in your heart, in your spirit. You came in here. You're just, there's a heaviness on you. You're just looking at things. You keep hearing the news and it just seems to keep getting worse and worse. Lockdowns, job losses, government controls, and it's just weighing on you. But I'm here to tell you today, God is here to help you. Maybe you're struggling to feel like you're an overcomer. Maybe you came in today and you realize that there might be some hidden sin issues in your life. And by God's grace, he brought you here today to hear this message so that you would say, you know what, let's deal with that. Let's not keep it hidden. Let's let God take care of it. Let's let's let God free us so that we can walk in victory, in power, in authority. I'm here to tell you, get up. Get up. God's got good things for you. You just got to get up. Praise God today. If God is speaking to you today about any of these things that I've mentioned and you realize in your heart, in your life, there's some things that you, you, you're feeling defeated. You don't want to feel that way. There's some hidden sin, whatever it is. With eyes bowed, heads closed, or heads bowed, eyes closed, would you just lift your hand right where you're at? I'm going I'm to pray because I believe. If you're online, just say that to me in the, in the chat area. Just say, pray for me. Father God, I thank you for every person today that is raising their hand. Lord, that you didn't mean for challenges. You didn't mean for defeat. You didn't mean for our struggles to defeat us, but Lord, you called us to overcome. 
And Lord, I pray today for those who are feeling way down in their spirit today, for those who are feeling this heaviness in their hearts, God, that you would just lift it off of them today, Father God. Lord, that you'd give them a heavenly perspective. Lord, to be able to understand and see, Father God, Lord, what you have for them, Lord, that they would still be pushed towards the future, that their goals and their dreams, they wouldn't lose focus on what their call is, Lord, to reach people, to help people, to speak to people, to be life to those around them. For those who are struggling with some sin, issues in their heart, whether it's an attitude, Father God, whether it's something they just felt like they could never talk about, God, I pray by the blood of Jesus Christ, Lord, that they would give that to you. They would confess it to you, that it would be hidden no longer and there would be a new freedom and a new liberty. And Lord, just like, just like Jesus, it might be Friday, it might be Saturday, but Sunday's coming. Lord, your resurrection power is here and it's coming into our life. We may not feel all of it today, but Lord, as we continue to believe and press in, Lord, you are here to deliver and set us free. And I declare, God, we will not be defeated. We who are your followers, we will not be defeated in the name of Jesus. Let's thank God for that today, that we are not defeated. Last thing here today, maybe you came here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus or you're listening online and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm here to tell you that he is who gives you the victory. He's the one who helps you walk in freedom and liberty. And maybe you're listening today and you realize that you need Jesus in your life. I want to encourage you to just receive him. How do you do that? Well, you ask him. That's where you're at as a church. We're going to pray this together. Would you pray this with me? Jesus, I confess I have sinned. I ask you to forgive me, to free me, help me to become like you. I thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection. And I receive your free gift of eternal life. Praise God today. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. You have a new future in him. And as well, you have a much bigger family. (laughs) You're with us now. And I want to encourage you to let somebody know if you prayed that prayer. Whether you're online, you can say something in the chat. If you're here, come and tell somebody. If you're a little bit shy or nervous, you can send us a message at info at eastsidecitychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you. Again, God is so good and he loves you and we want to help you continue to grow. Well, I want to encourage you today. Don't let, don't let things that seem to be challenges, don't let mistakes hinder you. You are an overcomer. And wherever you go today, just continue to tell yourself that, God, I'm here to overcome. Maybe it's, a, it's a, 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 an annoying person in a lineup. You can overcome it. You can overcome anything that God puts in your way. Why? Because you are an overcomer. Now, I want to let you know today, if you would like prayer for anything, that we're going to open up the front. If uh, Myself and a couple other prayer people will be here. And if you need some prayer today as we dismiss everybody, please come forward and receive it. For everybody listening online and the rest of you, God bless you. Have a great day.
Oh, and by the way, next week is gonna be awesome as we talk about passion for compassion and I'm gonna share some vision about what we're gonna do in the next year. God bless you. Thank you.